Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey everybody, Mark and Steve with you here again today. Uh, today's topic is one that Steve and I have both experienced in our recoveries, but as we talked about it, it really goes back to as, as far back as we can remember, especially as I look at my family of origin. And it's this whole concept of pain, pain avoidance. And how do you get to the healthy place where you realize that pain is not your enemy, pain actually is your friend. It's your teacher. It's a portal. It's an opportunity. It's a place to move through that can bring incredible benefits. But boy, is that tough to see in the moment when you're experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about that today, this whole uh, pain avoidance versus embracing pain and learning from it and using it as a doorway to go to places that you never thought you could from a, from a place of progress and and happiness and coming together as a couple, all of that can come from pain. And that's the end of the podcast. There you go. <laughs> We're just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> ta-da! Uh, ta-da! Pain is good. <laughs> Done. <laughs> no, actually, as I look back, <clears throat> I was raised in an environment where uh, we all knew that there were elephants in the room things that were uncomfortable, mm. things you didn't want to talk about, things that you didn't dare bring up. Uh, and they, we knew they were there. They're always lurking in the background, but you didn't address them. Mm, and yeah. we'll talk about all the strategies that you use for pain avoidance. Uh, and the problem was that I brought that modeling into my marriage. And so I didn't know how to talk about difficult things with my wife. Mm. I didn't know how to, uh, you know, to, to address stuff that was going on with us it was really painful and hard and difficult. And so I used all sorts of avoidance techniques. 
And the trouble was just to just to tell you how uh, you know exaggerated, how stuck you can become in that. When my wife would dare to bring up something where she'd just barely begin to broach the subject to address you know an elephant in the room, I would immediately knee-jerk react to that and say, "Oh, great, we're getting a divorce. Oh my gosh, mm, the marriage yeah. is over, my life is over, right? Everything's everything's blowing up on my face. Wow." And I would immediately go silent and avoid and run away. And of course, then go act out, go seek my self-soothing and my self-medication through addiction. Because yeah. I just didn't know how to, to address those things. I didn't know how to confront pain. I just knew how to run away from it and then soothe it. And we want to talk about, uh, first of all, what that tendency is. And then most important, how to break out of it. Right? We show you a better way than pain avoidance. Yeah, I mean, we all get, I think, into this pain avoidance cycle for lots of reasons. I mean, nobody, as we've talked about this, we touched on the subject before in podcasts, nobody is, you know, pain is nobody's favorite fun fact by any means. We all, I think, have a natural averseness to some degree with it. Uh, but this is especially true in relationships where there's just been a lot of hard and addiction would be one of those things that we would categorize as falling under the definitely falling under the hard category, right? Mm -hmm. For addicts, there's been a lifetime of pain and shame and regret and remorse for trauma victims or for those undergoing or experiencing betrayal trauma. There's a lot of feelings of almost just feeling insane and going out of my mind. I, I'm, you know, what's real, what's not. There's just a lot of chaos involved. And so that cycle, I think, becomes amplified in a marital relationship and can happen uh, pretty quickly if you're not, if you're not, uh, if you're not careful. Um, there's, there are a couple of steps that typically accompany the pain avoidance cycle. And this looks a little bit different for individuals, but we're going to talk about this today from, from more of just a couple's dynamic. And we'll hit on how this plays out individually, perhaps another day. Um, uh, but the first step, uh, that uh, usually begins this cycle is we, we have some sort of a difficult topic, uh, usually that stems from some sort of a difficult event that occurs, right? So we have a, I don't know, Mark was talking about family, right? Maybe there's a blow with the in-laws. And that blow up in the course of that blow up brings calls into question old wounds or old hard things. Uh, maybe it brings up certain emotions that we're particularly averse to feeling inadequate, feeling like we're not enough, feeling shame about our family or upbringing, uh, whatever the case may be. I mean, it could be a variety of things, right? Uh, but that event, uh, because it is so difficult, because it is so hot button, uh, oftentimes uh, there's uh, well, we typically, if we're talking the avoidance cycle, what we see next is there's usually a, a journey or a desire to get away <laughs> from that <laughs> that blow up, right, or that 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 event, the blow up that happens from it, as quickly as we can, and we do that sometimes by just burying it, right? Like we literally just put our head in the sand and kind of you know just address it like a you know a, a flamingo and just pretend like it's not there. <laughs> Well, and the, thing, and, and the thing to remember with this, you know, and I want to make sure that all those listening, this is different for everyone. A, a quote, difficult topic might, to me, not seem like anything at all, but to you, sure. it might be, you know, catastrophic. So yeah, that's absolutely. different for all of us. And so if you're finding things, you know, tremendously difficult and painful and things that you're avoiding, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It just means that that is in your, it's in your history, it's in your purview, it's in your experience. It, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means that it is. Well, and I think for different reasons, it also stems from there, right? There's a, around that, at least around that particular topic, or maybe just in general, there's kind of a lack of coping skills to deal with it, yes. right? 
Um, for addicts, as we've discussed on the podcast before, this is very common. Um, most of us addicts really lack, especially in early recovery, the, uh, those basic coping skills that a lot of people learn because we learned how to deal with life by just numbing it out and medicating it away. Yes. And so we don't have a lifetime of experience to draw on about how to healthy, healthily navigate hard things because we've always just done it through medicating. Right. And the other thing to, to realize is that when things are super painful and difficult, the natural part of us, the fight or flight or freeze, the, the survival brain, whatever you want to call it, is naturally going to go into these avoidance techniques. It's, it's built into the nature of the brain to do that. So again, it's not when you do it, it's not like there's something wrong with you. You're actually doing the natural thing. Put as much distance between me and that as I can, right? A lion's chasing me. It's about to eat me. I'm going to put as much distance as I can between me and that devouring thing. Absolutely. This is how the brain interprets it. Well, and like we've talked about before, right? The, the fight, flight, and freeze response is an awesome, amazing gift that we all have. And it's excellent if, like you said, if you're trying to get away from a tiger, <laughs> or, or run from a bear. Um, if you're trying to create intimacy in a relationship, all three of those options <laughs> are just like bulls in a china shop. <laughs> well, at one point intimacy. in the past, my wife, my wife would have said, well, you don't understand. My husband is a bear and I'm trying to get away from him. <laughs> sure. Oh, Brittany could attest to that as well. <laughs> oh, for sure. But when we do that, you know, the, what happens is these feelings, uh, these difficulties, this hard stuff, this pain, it goes unaddressed. And when it goes unaddressed, you know, I like to say, you know, feelings buried alive never die. Mm -hmm. and they just keep rearing their little ugly heads and then it creates disconnection in the relationship. It, it has to. It, it can't not. It's yeah. just down there. It's bubbling. It's, it's festering under the surface. And then we get into, you know, feelings of anger, resentment, and all this unspoken stuff just creates a toxic environment within us and within the relationship. Absolutely. Well, in best case scenario, like we've talked about before, the minute you start to withhold critical information from a partner, no matter how well-intentioned, you've just started down that road or progressed further down that road of, of disconnection. Mm. Remember our age-old rule for connection. Uh, the degree to which I can be intimate or or intimately deeply connect with another person is the degree to which I can do that with myself and then be able to express that. If I if I start withholding things or keeping things back from my partner, say I've got some big, huge, you know, the addict who keeps his whole addiction secret from his spouse, mm -hmm. say that's 25% of his life, which for me, that was probably the case. <laughs> Best case, he, I'm connect, if I'm keeping that or concealing that from the people around me, Best case, I'm 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 showing them seventy five percent of me. It's going to be really limited, and so yeah, and so this best, best case because if you're keeping yes. that part hidden, then you're also keeping <laughs> hidden all the underlying things that are driving that behavior. So now Absolutely. we're talking like eighty five percent of yourself. You're, yes, you're keeping hidden. But I love your terminology there: withholding information from our partner. In other words, not giving them the information that is so vital for us to connect for us to have a relationship, for us to be real and raw and intimate. I'm, I'm putting you at a disadvantage immediately because you don't have the information about me that you need. I'm keeping yes. that from you. Yes. And we're surprised when the relationship isn't working well. Well, well and, and, those, and it, sh it should be noted that, you know, safety does come into play here and certain mm -hmm. topics, depending on the relationship, might be unsafe. And this is 
one of the many reasons why we pretty much encourage every time we do a podcast for you to reach out to somebody who's got specialized training, specialized experience therapeutically, you know, finding a therapist, a counselor who can, who can help with that because it, there is such a thing as, you know, not necessarily dropping the bomb or addressing things in every situation right away. But the longer that we go on from withholding that, especially if we try to do that over the long term, uh, the more that those those feelings, like Mark said, are going to grow. And um, even even when, well, well, this is a whole spinoff topic, so we won't get into this too much. But for example, when addicts do this, I see addicts do this all the time with their spouses, right? I've I hear this all the time. I know Mark does too. I I've Steve, you don't understand. I've caused this. I've caused this with this woman so much pain. I've caused this person so much pain. I don't want to cause anymore. Yeah. I don't want to level more hard on her all the time or bring more hard on her. But you know what that does, right? Among other things is then I will hear from the wife when she comes in the next week or whatever. And she will tell me, Oh, there's, there's something off. There's something wrong. And I just, I can feel it. And he's not talking about it. And all that does is that what, what the husband may be doing, at least in part from a well-intentioned place is actually perpetuating a lot of the same relationship problems. It's perpetuating her feeling of insanity because every time he, every time she says, Hey, what's up? And he says, Oh, nothing. When there really is something, I mean, it, it really, in a, in a way is kind of a distant unintended form of gaslighting. Yes. You know, there's nothing here to see. There's really nothing here to see. I don't know what you're talking about. Yep. Your feelings aren't accurate. They're not true. There's, you know, there's something, it's just you. Totally. Yeah. And, and, and it does come from in, in, one way, a legitimate place that I don't want to cause my spouse more pain. I felt that a lot during my dark addiction days. It wasn't, it wasn't an, a purely escape mechanism. There was really a, a feeling in me, I'm, I'm going to hurt this woman severely, and I love her, and I don't want to, you know, to stab her to the heart. But the problem was, it was too, it was too convenient to use that as as a reason or excuse to not start dealing with the hard things and, and, you know, getting on with what I needed to do, which was, was confronting my own recovery and then the healing of the relationship, which was impossible as yep. long as I was withholding. Well, and no matter how, how well intended that is, right. As we've, as we've discussed before what that eventually boils down, you can call it lots of things, but truly keeping those things back and not never addressing them isn't, isn't love. I will, I will say that. I agree. Uh, it's not love. It's, it's, it's maybe done from a place of trying to love, but it isn't really love. I need to be able to share with, with my partner. Yeah. And that's the best case, right? Is the disconnect. Worst case is those resentment feelings build. And then we head to the next stage of the avoidance cycle, which is what I kind of call the Vesuvius event, right? Where <laughs> like pressure has just built and built and built and built over a given topic. And all of a sudden, you know, you go to, for the guy, he goes and uses the restroom and, you know, a little bit of something like ends up on the toilet seat and it's like World War Twelve, you know, in, in that topic or in that instance, because for, for the wife, maybe that just hits on you know, the 15,000 times before where she's felt in different ways, disrespected or not, you know, her efforts not acknowledged or whatever the case is. And so these little events down the road will, yeah, these huge blow ups. It's amazing how that works because you're like, well, my gosh, I, I just forgot to put the toilet seat up one time. <laughs> now we're having this cataclysmic volcanic event but it's the building up that's been yeah. over time, right? It's just For her, that's the 45,000th time where she's felt like you're not listening to her. Mm -hmm. Just right? a, and, a and reminder. We, 
Yep. And we haven't talked about it. And so, and so uh, again, it just ends up being this big event. And so, so we have this big blowout, right? Which in and of itself is a negative event. And that takes us back to stage one of this. Where now we just move back into the tension building process. We're not going to talk about it. (laughs) We bury it. We don't really address it. And then it just starts to slowly build again. Here we go again. So if we're going to talk about how to break out of that, right? If we're going to say, hey, you know, we show you a better way than this avoidance of pain cycle. Yeah. You know, the first part of that for me and the solution is how I perceive pain. And we've mm. all been raised in a culture, really, if you had to be super honest about it, where pain is bad. Yes. Avoid pain at all costs, right? Mm-hmm. Go to the, even, the, even a lot of the medical system, we go, hey, give me a pill to, to just take away this pain. Well, yeah. but what's under it? What's causing it? What, do we want to get to the cause or just deal with symptoms? No, I just want the pain. Pain is bad. And so we have to start to become willing and open to the fact that maybe I've been looking at pain uh, in, in a way that's not helpful or healthy. Um, there's a number of things that come to my mind. I had a client who, who uh, very insightfully said, hey, Mark, I'm realizing that my mess is my message. <laughs> and I, thought, I was like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, the things that are causing this big mess in your life, they're really trying to tell you something, right? When the student is ready, the teacher appears. And often pain is our teacher. It's trying to show us, hey, something's not right. Something's out of balance. You need to look at this. But if we run and we avoid and we shut it down immediately, it never has a chance to give us the message. Uh, Some of us called it failing into success, not falling into success, but failing into success. Every failure in my relationship, every time things go awry, that was a potential teaching moment and learning moment that we could have used to springboard ourselves forward. But instead, we, we fall into this avoidance cycle. So learning to see pain different is so important to this process. How do I perceive it? Hey, everybody, Mark and Steve here. Are you looking to take your recovery and your marriage to the next level? We work with individuals and couples one-on-one. With both in-person and online therapy options, you have access to the experts anytime, anywhere. To learn more, visit us at pbscpodcast.com. Absolutely. Well, and, and because you, like you said, you look, you lose out on valuable information. You know, if I, if I burn my hand on a stove and I immediately just have that response of just like, ah, the stove's hot, you know, I burned that that's important and that's valid. But if I don't look beyond that, what does that do me to that dooms me to probably repeating that instance in mm-hmm. other circumstances with other things that might be hot right? It's important to look at, okay, so why was the stove hot, right? What were the events that led up to the stove becoming hot? What are the factors involved? You know, how does, how does being burned work? Are there things that I can do when I interact with other hot things, right? To prevent from being burned, right? All of those things. Why wasn't I paying attention? Why was I, you know, why was I daydreaming in that moment? How can I do it in a better way, right? Because, because the solution just can't be, well, I'll never use a stove again. 
<laughs> right. Forget that. I got burned yep. by that. Done with that. I'm just yep. going to put that away. Um, I've had couples who, who, you know, they, they start to try a little bit of this. Things, of course, don't go well because you're modeling, you know, what you've practiced for decades in some cases. And what's the response? We're never going to try that again. Yes. That was absolutely. a disaster. Thanks a lot, Mark. <laughs> yep. You know, so, so it's, it's, it's this whole concept of, uh, and here, this was a really, when, when I first heard this, I thought it was the most ridiculous thing in the world. I thought you people are nuts. And it's the concept of leaning into your pain, mm -hmm. you know, not, not just being open to what pain is going to teach me, but embracing my pain. I remember I thought embracing your pain. Have you lost your mind? What do you mean embracing your pain? Like it's good? Like, wow, let me embrace you. You're so amazing. You're so awesome. I want to be so close to you. But really, as we talk about moving through this, it, it is a shift of mindset, right? Leaning into it, embracing it. Uh, I would even say, I have to tell you, this might sound really weird to some people out there, but I've come in some ways to not only welcome the pain, but I'd have to say a, a little bit, maybe even looking forward to the pain because I know I've learned it's such a valuable experience. I'm going to learn something incredibly important here. Yeah. So it's a, and man, is it hard to get to that place because pain hurts, pain sucks. And to yeah. start to talk about leaning into it, it's like, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the question becomes, you know, how do we do this different, right? Because these events, these pain events that we talked about at the beginning of the, of the avoidance cycle that oftentimes kick it off mm. are going to happen just in natural everyday interaction, yep. right? We're going to talk a lot about this a little bit more with the assignment at the end, but you've heard us say before on this podcast, if two people, two people in a, in a marriage, for example, are being real with one another and consistent with one another and actually being open about their feelings, I'd say that most couples usually it's, it's oftentimes smaller things, but something like this will come up fairly frequently, right? Little things like this will come up. It might, again, it might just be over something little. It might be just looking at it. It, it might be something that you may not even recognize in the normal, but that's part of breaking out of the cycle is being able to practice that deeper, more sensitive level of vulnerability where you're able to yeah. say, you know, even in those little instances, be able to say, you know, I got to tell you, when you just said that, I just, I could just feel myself inside, just kind of pull back a little bit in this relationship. Like I just kind of just, it was just like, ugh, you know, and I, and I don't even know what it's about yet, but like, can we talk about it? Cause that just did not feel good. And that kind of vulnerability will often scare, for example, guys to death. Cause it did me. It's like, whoa, come on, Steve, what are you talking about? I'm going to, I mean, that just sounds touchy feely, like what? And the reason that, that I had a problem, and I think a lot of guys do is because getting that vulnerable, it makes me in my perception, it makes me look weak. Sure. Like, oh, wow, that little thing just hurt me. Or that was a little stab to me. Well, what are you a little wimp? I mean, you're, yeah, be a man, you know, you're yeah. not, you don't have to feel every little thing. Well, yeah, but we do. Even if Absolutely. we don't want to acknowledge it, it's, it, it's registering. And if well, I don't learn to bring that out and be honest and vulnerable, then guess what? It's going to build up and I'm going to go deal with it and medicate it some other way. 
Absolutely. Well, and, and this is the case for trauma victims as well. I mean, I hear this from wives frequently. You know, I they they oftentimes will they they re, they're averse to getting this vulnerable for a couple of reasons. The first is safety, right? Yes. If I open up with this crazy guy who in the past has this history of like losing it over spilled milk, then you know, <laughs> well, how am I going to address this? The second reason that I see that happen is because of their own shame. They yes. look back on their own trauma responses and the pain that leads up to it, and they don't want to they don't want to lead into that. They don't want to be made out more to be the crazy person or to be the overreactor. I, I hear that from wives often. They feel a real sensitivity, be, oftentimes because of poor actions or statements or their husband's not validating where they're coming from, but they're just so averse to this. I can't, I've, I've been the victim in this situation so many times, I don't want to be the victim anymore. Yeah, I hear right. a lot of wives will say, Mark, if I bring that up, he just blows up at me. Or, yep. you know, I'm the bad, I'm the bad guy again. You know, it's just not worth it. And so I'm, it's, I'm better off to just be quiet. Yeah. And that happens a lot. Yeah. And you, you start to, you start to flinch, you know, yeah. oh boy, here it comes. If I say this. Yeah. Well, we all have that sense of pride and ego, right? Just in general, we, we live in a culture where, again, being vulnerable isn't exactly like thrown up on a pedestal. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> in any circumstance, right? We 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 very much even in conservative cultures or highly religious cultures, like I know a lot of our listeners are, this sometimes is even more the case because this is where that old culture of, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and mm-hmm. other concepts on oftentimes become distorted and we interpret those to say, Well, I should just be able to handle all my stuff. I know. I don't not need, talk you about don't need to talk. We don't talk about that or don't air your dirty laundry or you know, yeah. La 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 la. Oh my gosh. We Yep. It's so very times. much like the uh, guy who walked into my office. I think I said this before, but I'll never forget. We were going through, we were talking on the first on the first session and he came. I just chuckled because I could so relate to him. I was asking him all these hard questions about his history and his past on their on our first session and he stopped me halfway through and he said he said Look, I appreciate you like asking all these things, but I didn't come here to talk about my feelings. <laughs> like I'm not here to discuss feelings. <laughs> and I just said, and I so empathize with him, and I just said, Oh, we've got some work to do. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but uh but but we are, aren't we? I mean, that's why it's comical, is because we're all so hardwired for that. Yes. It's so true. so somebody's got to blink, right? Yeah. I mean, that's really what this comes to. It it takes somebody in the coupleship to be able to take ownership and be able to look at it and say, you know, I just maybe this sounds sissy or maybe this sounds wimpy or I sound whatever, but I've just got to I just got to put this out there. Did you feel that at all? Did you notice something there? Did that, you know, how did that feel to you? And and you have to open up that dialogue. Yeah, somebody needs to be willing to do it and hopefully it's both. Yeah. Um, and you said something really important and I want to make sure everybody listening hears this. Your relationship may be so volatile or broken. There may be some really extreme things going on where there's, there's a fear and maybe a legitimate fear about starting to bring some of these things up because you don't feel safe. And that's where you really need to seek uh, to get some help, to have a professional, a facilitator, a religious leader, something so that, so that you don't feel like you're all alone and totally you know, exposed to the danger of doing that because that, that danger can be real. Sure. So we're very sensitive to that. This isn't just going to be an easy thing. You can suddenly just start opening up about all these difficult issues. 
Yeah, it can that can get pretty messy and and even you know even uh, to a place that that isn't safe. Yes. Well, and when they've been such hot button topics too, things will oftentimes with certain topics escalate so quickly. Oh yeah. That it does. It gets to a point where it becomes very very difficult to be able to navigate the two of you. Um, one one that I probably hear most commonly from clients is like is like the subject of in-laws, right? Mm. Trying to interact with or establish relationships or maintain relationships with this group of people that are foreign to me, are different yes. than me, that you know that I don't, who who come from a bit different background and way of doing things. That issue I think comes up most commonly because it's very hard to navigate and talk about without one or both people feeling like the other one's telling the telling them that their family's crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's really, really hard to do. And so that's just one example among many. Well, and as, um, you know, as we talk about this breaking out of the avoidance cycle, you know, people are probably wondering, well, how exactly do I do that? And mm-hmm. of course, that's a whole topic for, you know, 10 more podcasts, because it comes down to communication basics. Yeah. Uh, but if we were to talk about those very quickly, it's this concept of, you know, honoring each other's reality. I don't yes. have to be right and you be wrong in order me, for me to feel good in this conversation. Mm-hmm. I have my reality, you have yours. And can we at least be willing to come together and just voice that without trying not to be defensive, trying not mm-hmm. to get angry, trying not to react. I just, I just want to give you the chance to express yourself and what your truth is. And I'm gonna listen as you do that and then when you feel like you've been heard, then I, I hope you'll give me the opportunity to do the same. And now we, we simply have this dialogue. And that's yes. tough because we don't have the habits and the practice, uh, you know, and the wiring for that. And it yes. typically was not modeled to us as we grew up. So this is where uh, I love what, as we were talking before this podcast, you said, you know, when clients say that, Oh man, Steve, do you know what you're asking of us? Do you know what you're describing? And yeah. your response is? Oh, well, I, I, it depends on the client, but sometimes <laughs> I get a little sarcastic in my office and I'll, I'll kind of, I'll kind of just look at them and I'll say, hi, my name is Steve, you know, welcome to recovery. Welcome to recovery. Yep. Because <laughs> yep. it is, it's a, it's a process where generally speaking, if you're not, if, if what you're doing in recovery, at least on the repair side, isn't hard or at least there's an element of difficulty to it i think that 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 usually is a good gauge of knowing if you're on the right track or not because we do a lot of hard especially yeah yeah we we do hard here and man is it's yeah as i look back at the stuff my wife and i you know we've been we just celebrated this year our 40th anniversary nice and people will look at us and say wow like like, how did you do that? Like, they're, they're waiting for the magical success formula that you're going to bestow upon them in this moment. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, at this stage of our marriage, my wife and I will often look at each other at the corner of our eye and just kind of give this knowing glance, like, mm-hmm. you have no idea the hell we've been through <laughs> in order to get to the place you're observing right now. <laughs> and we just sort of grin at each other like, holy smokes. Can you believe how hard it's been, honey? Kind of look. It's oh like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, and 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 we know this is tough stuff, guys. And so I think the key with this, the assignment for the week, is kind of what we were leading up to a little bit earlier. Start small. Yeah. Be be on be hyper vigilant a little bit this week in a healthy way, and just be looking for that. As you can see, 
what we're talking about here, this is an advanced recovery concept. The, all the other things that we, that we, well, many of the other things that we've talked about on this podcast are really prerequisites for this. Yes. If I don't have those certain skill sets or those, that ability to be vulnerable, if I don't have that level of safety, if I don't have that level of self-confidence and, and shame resiliency, this is going to be very difficult, if not impossible. We didn't even talk about how shame plays a role in this process, but let's just say that it's a big, <laughs> yep. a big stumbling block at various steps in the process as well. And so the key with this is going to be, you know, utilizing and working on those, those back skills and then taking them to the table over ideally something that is small. Find something this week where just, you know, your partner does something or says something that just rubs you the wrong way or impacts you in a negative way or causes a disconnect or whatever the case it is. Like we talked about before, jokingly, but seriously, maybe it is just leaving, not, not putting the toilet seat down. Maybe it's, <laughs> I mean, it can be anything because anything. I, and I say that non-facetiously because my wife and I have fought like jihad style wars over... <laughs> over the toilet seat, <laughs> but it's not really the toilet seat, right? It's right. what it represents. And so well, and too, being able and to- Too often we think, like, well, we got to wait for some epic event so that we yes. can use these tools that Mark and Steve are talking about. That's absolutely the way we would recommend that you not come at this. Yes. You don't have the skills yet to, to go to that advanced place. So practice your way into this. Totally. Take, take little risks. Absolutely. Dare to express your feelings about something small and see how that goes. Yes. Kind of, kind of work your way into it. Be, you know, (laughs) to give yourself a break. Don't try to send it. You know what? We're going to do the, the volcanic epic thing. And we're going to, we're going to hash this out this weekend. Mark and Steve said we should. Yeah. No, I would rather that you just take some little thing. We go, you know what? That kind of rubbed me the wrong way right there. Well, there you go. There's the opportunity to, to address it. Talk about it right there. That's, yeah. that's it. Just look for those little, little opportunities to learn and, and, and open yourself up and, and be vulnerable. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love it. I love it. This is good. Well, I think we've, I think we've pretty much covered everything um, today. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, we're excited to, as always, have you guys here on the, on the podcast. We love hearing from you. We love hearing feedback or comments or questions, all of the above. Please visit us at uh, pbscpodcast.com. There's a contact form on there. You can reach out to us, be it for you know future topics that you'd like covered or to reach out to Mark or myself regarding uh, starting up some therapy. We both have virtual options for that as well as individual pers- in-person options as well. So uh, thanks again for, for coming out and have a great week. Yep. See you next week. That's all for today. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety, it's connection. Together, we can do the impossible. To learn more about Mark and Steve and to listen to more podcast episodes, visit us at pbscpodcast.com. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. 
If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.